welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. If you want to improve your spearfishing and hear some wild stories, you've come to the right place. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Better Spearfishing Podcast. Thanks for coming and joining me. So I am very happy to say that finally... I had a weekend of good weather and after um, almost two months of practically undivable weather, certainly um, where I've been, uh, you know, for part of this that time in Cape Town, so Southern Africa, and then the remainder in Perth, Western Australia, um, we've just really been having storm after storm. We, we get giant winter cold fronts. And um, it actually looks like the same storms. Um, it's sort of in the roaring 40s uh, come off the coast of Africa and just continue until they hit Australia. Um, it's that it's that sort of same belt. Yes, I think they call it the roaring 40s. Um, yeah, with with high winds and uh, yeah. Anyway, weather's been atrocious, but finally, this last weekend it was it was good. Um, so last week we did have a big storm and so we had swells going up to I think it was five meters on the Tuesday and or the Wednesday and but it was just a very short very violent overnight storm and you know there were three branches all over the show so yeah it was a very very powerful storm but it only lasted really one evening. And then the next day it was was all calm and for the rest of the week the weather was fairly settled and so the ocean settled down. Now, normally after four or five meter um, swell, you would not expect the water, the ocean to be clean, you know, three days after that. And um, I didn't. But I... This was the first chance that I could actually get out for a decent dive. And the swell was estimated at being about 1.5, 1.6 meters, which is great. And there was someone else who was also keen on coming out. So um, he was my dive buddy for the day. And we both sort of spoke beforehand and said, okay, it's probably going to be very dirty, but we're going to go and dive and look at the seaweed. <laughs> But anyway, we were very pleasantly surprised. We met up at 8 a.m. At the, at the boat ramp, launched, went out. So in close against the shore, it was filthy. And the whole time I was thinking, oh, this is going to be tough. Um, and we got the first spot we went to was actually a fairly shallow spot. Um, probably, I think the deeper bits are probably about seven or eight meters and the top of the reef would only be about three or four meters. So it's shallow. But when we got there, as soon as I got in, I was really surprised. The visibility was pretty good. You could see the the bottom, not clearly from uh, the boat. It was sort of a hazy uh, visibility. But once I was in the water, visibility was probably 10 meters. And you know, in, in parts, maybe only seven or eight in, in other in other parts, but that's certainly quite quite good enough. Um and so anyway we, we went around there. Now the first thing I noticed as well is that the water was freezing cold. Um look again, cold is rel uh, relative. 
if I if I mention this to people that are used to diving northern Europe, they um and I say it was fifteen degree water, possibly lower, they're going to laugh and say, Oh, it sounds like summer. Um <laughs> but anyway, when you are not used to cold water and you go out in a old five millimeter wetsuit, um, and I need to replace my five millimeter wetsuit, it's it's gone through about two or three seasons now and um yes it's definitely starting to show um not not um there's no damage as such because i'm quite gentle on my gear even though i do dive quite hard but um it's just compressed so like any garment you know after a while even a jersey I'm, i'm looking at the jersey i'm wearing now and it's all sort of saggy and um it's been pulled on and off too many times and gets stretched uh, and you sort of get the same thing with wetsuits. They, they're they not as snug the fit. Anyway, that that's an aside. Um, so it was very cold. We dived. And it, so this is a spot that, um, you know, it's normally quite fishy. There's normally King George whiting around here. I didn't see any King George, but I did find a good size leather jacket. So I caught that. Um, now, the other thing, which I, I forgot to mention is we are now in a, I guess it's a fishing ban for the normal reef fish. So they call them high-risk demersal fish. So it's the the sort of big reef fish or slow-growing reef fish that most people want to go and target. And so anyway, those are now off limits for a couple of months. And so... Well, to to be honest, from my perspective, I think this is fantastic because um, I go to the boat ramp and there there was practically no one there. It was a great day, sunny day during the season when um, you know the water's warm and um, and and it's it's a full open fishing season. This boat ramp is absolute chaos. You can spend an hour waiting just to launch your boat, um, and and we got there and there was practically no one. Uh, we didn't have to wait. We launched. We went out. There were no boats almost running us over. I thought this is brilliant. Um, yes, I can't catch all the species that I would, you know, take during the rest of the, um, you know, when the full season's open. But anyway, there there were plenty of other things to catch. So anyway, we got I got a, a leather jacket there, and my dive buddy got a very big cuttlefish. And now what was interesting as well is. So diving on this shallow reef, in a lot of spots we saw crayfish. Um, you know, good numbers of crayfish, and you see their tentacles sticking out of the out of the holes or, or little cracks. And so you know that they're around. There's plenty of them. Um, anyway, we then decided, okay, we've dived shallow, and to be honest, I was getting on the boat because it was so cold. Um, it had been windy in early morning as well. Um, and then the wind died down and it was just a glorious day. And so then we thought, well, let's go out a little bit deeper. And we I had brought some of the leftover fish flames and uh, skin and all that sort of thing from uh, the last time I went um, went diving. And so we're going to go a little bit deeper and chop that up as, as a bait and see what fish came in on that um, with the intention of looking for small uh, bluefin tuna well they they actually only small here in uh, in western australia they don't seem to get big hits um yeah they just their their life cycle the big ones don't seem to turn up here 
But anyway, we were going to go and look for small bluefin tuna and um, possibly one of the kingfish, so um, yellowtail kingfish, or possibly maybe you know take a small amberjack. Uh, sorry, a small. Um, they call them a Samson fish. It's like an amberjack. So. Anyway, we, we went out to a deeper spot and now because by this point I was so cold, um, we did dive a few other shallow spots and, you know, all much the same. Um, but so we went out to a deeper spot and because I was so cold and now the sun was out, I actually just sat on the boat and chopped up the um, the leftover fish flames from, you know, a few months ago, the last time I was out diving and just put those in the water from the boat. So... That was nice. I got to warm up and and um, had a bit of coconut juice, and I was really thinking I should have taken a, a thermos flask of ginger tea or something next. Um, so yeah, this weekend I'll definitely do that. And then we got in the water, and on that spot, so no bluefin tuna. But diving to the bottom, it was about twenty, no, about eighteen meters at the bottom. And yeah, I picked up a goat fish, so absolutely delicious eating fish. Highly recommend them for um for, for anyone, you know, if you want something good eating. Another leather jacket, and then my dive buddy got a very big Samson fish, and I, I kept diving a little bit and got a small one, which um yeah, just I, I tend to go for the small ones deliberately because the Samson fish, it's, it looks like it should be a delicious eating fish, but it's got a very bad reputation here in Western Australia, and most people do not actually catch them because they get a parasite. I, I'm not actually sure exactly what the parasite is, but it's some sort of parasite in the flesh. And as soon as if they have that parasite, and, and quite a high proportion of them do, as soon as you cook the flesh, it basically just falls apart. It goes to mush, and it's it's foul. It's actually inedible. Um, you can eat it raw, and uh, I think you wouldn't even know the difference. But as soon as it it's heated, um, it it just sort of falls apart. So anyway, that's why a lot of people don't take them. They say, and the tendency is that. In cooler water, they tend to have less of the parasites, so they tend to be better eating. And the smaller ones tend to have less parasites as well. Look, not not a hard and fast rule, but this is just a, a rule of thumb which seems to hold true. Um, but provided you get one that doesn't have parasites and and um, you know not too big, um, they're great for smoking and they make great sashimi and sushi. So yeah, that's that's why I just took a small one. And I am going to cold smoke him. Anyway, so the the point of of this was, yeah, we we ended up having a great dive. Very cold though. So, but the other interesting thing was the difference in water temperature. So, in close, the water temperature would have been, I think it was probably under fifteen or around fifteen. It it was very cold. Um, but as soon as we went further out, a few kilometers further out, it was 18 or 19 degrees. So that was really interesting, a huge temperature variation. And I, all I can imagine it's to do with is, is possibly the storm that we'd just had. Um, but interestingly as well, 
in close, so the, the visibility was probably seven, eight meters. And then when we went out a little bit further, we found some water that the visibility would have been 15 meters. Um, and it wasn't that much further out from the shallow band, a little bit warmer as well. And it was just beautiful. And um, yeah, it was absolutely beautiful reef. And, and it was just beautiful to dive dive on it. You know, the visibility, just looking sideways, you could probably see 20 meters. It was incredible. I absolutely did not expect it. And it was blue from the surface. I thought, this is amazing. And then we went out a little bit further and it was still warm, but then it was dirtier. So very patchy, the conditions. Anyway, so that was the Saturday. And then on Sunday, I thought, well, everything's still sitting in the boat. Um, before I go and clean everything, it's another beautiful day. I may as well just go out for a dive anyway. Um, and I, I sort of got up a little bit late. I was quite tired. So I only left the, the house at about 10 o'clock. Um, and I was diving by about 11 o'clock. No wind, absolute glass off again. However, the forecast had said that the swell was going to be picking up. So even though there was no wind, it, it was very calm weather, this was big oceanic swell. So which means that it's it's basically coming from storms or rough weather way out um, to sea. And the swell had picked up quite significantly. It was probably double. Um, it was would have been well over two meters. And what that did is any of the spots where the reef sort of rose quite a lot off the bottom or, or came close to the surface, the, the swell was breaking behind that and there was a lot of surge. So I went to the shallow spots again and it, it was really quite difficult diving with all that um, surge. What, and what you notice is as you're swimming, you know, the, the swells, it wasn't constant. So, sorry, it wasn't like there was constantly big swell. It would be calm and then there would be a huge set of swell come through and then it would be calm again. So when it calmed down, you know, everything calmed down on the reef and the, and all the sand would sort of go back to the bottom and you, you had a bit of visibility. And then as soon as one of these big sets of waves came through, it would lift up all the sand, churn it all up, um, and then you'd you'd sort of be getting moved around. You'd need to wait until that set had come through. It would normally only be two, you know, two or three waves, and then it would be calm again. And the interesting thing is I thought, okay, I saw lots of clays yesterday, you know, on the Saturday. So Sunday, I'll just go shallow, and I'll just go and try and catch some clayfish. Just for fun, um, yeah, my neighbors had asked me for a few. So I thought, okay, I'll go and I'll be a good neighbor and get some for them. And interestingly, all the same spots that I'd seen loads of clayfish on Saturday, on Sunday, there wasn't a single clayfish around. And, you know, just watching the conditions, you realize why. As soon as you dive down and then one of those big uh, swells come through, it lifts all the sand on the bottom and it... It's almost like sandblasting everything. And, um, you know, the clayfish that on Saturday when it was nice and calm, they were sort of sitting out and, you know, they'll sort of walk out onto the sand, you know, still undercover, but they'll they'll be at the edge of, of um, caves or you'll see their feelers sticking out. 
Um, well, when the conditions deteriorate like this, they scamper away into very deep into some little cave that you can't even find them. Um, and they are completely outside the swell. Out, you know, they'll go and find a cave that sort of does a dog leg. You know, it's a big cavern that is completely protected by the swell uh, because it's not pleasant for them to get this um, this sort of sand blasting effect. So, look, so I, I completely drew a blank on the first spot, and there were also no fish around. Um, you know, probably for very much the same reasons that it's just not pleasant being sandblasted over the reef. So anyway, then I went out to the deeper ground just to have a look and the visibility was not good. So I I didn't really want to get in there. And then what I, I, the swell was actually really limiting my options. So bits of reef that I would have liked to have gone and dived um, there was actually just a lot of swell going over them. And so these were big, obvious bits of leaf. And, you know, what will happen is the water, when it hits one side of the leaf, it, it's getting pushed up over it. And, and, yeah, you get huge swell coming over it. So what I did then is I just basically stopped the boat and just had a good look around. And you notice that the swell is not even. So there's certain places where you notice the, the big swell is coming in and, and, you know, it's being exacerbated as it goes over the leaf and possibly breaking. And then there's some bits sort of in between all of these bits of leaf where there's actually not that much swell. You know, it's going up very gradually and down very gradually. And the bottom t- structure in those spots, it's it's obviously a little bit deeper. Um, so it, in this case, it the areas that, that I was finding that was within about 12... 12 meters I would say 12 to 14 meters of depth and there's a spot that I'd already found uh, a while ago and it's very flat rock so it comes probably only 30 or 40 centimeters or so half a meter off the sand Um, and then it's very flat rock but then what it has is it's got holes these like giant holes in the rock that go down and then there's like a sand sinkhole um, basically down to the level of the, the sand on the outside. But it's it's cut off from, you know, it's, it's a separate um, little thing. It's not connected to the sand outside of the leaf. So those spots, now, interestingly, with the, with the swell, inside those little sand sinkholes, it was actually fairly calm. Um, and there wasn't much swell going over the, that leaf because it was so flat. So I went and dived there and, um, look, could have taken a few fish, which uh, I didn't. I, again, wanted to look for clayfish, perfect clayfish territory, but not a single clayfish seen. Um, and all I can put it down to is, um, again, the the swell and them having probably migrated as a result of it. Um, but anyway, the, the point of this is really to, to sort of highlight that sometimes it's quite good to know spots that you wouldn't necessarily want to dive in perfect conditions. You'd, you'd go dive somewhere better, uh, like fairly flat leaf that's fairly flat and nondescript. And, you know, there's not a huge, it doesn't hold a huge amount of fish. But when the conditions were like this, that was really the only place I could dive. Um, and, and so, you know, I still had a really nice dive there and, and enjoyed myself. Um, 
And what I also did, which just worked out absolutely brilliantly, is I wore a seven millimeter wetsuit jacket, which it's quite a tight fitting suit. It's uh, it's the same brand, uh, but you know it's it's had a lot less use than my five mil suit. And that I was absolutely toasty warm for yeah the whole time I dived. I was probably out for four or five hours. Um, yeah, and and so so that's that's sort of what what worked. Um, now the other thing that I noticed from from this weekend was actually the weather forecasting apps, and they were giving very different readings of the conditions. So. I like using the windy weather app. Now, that was saying that the swell on Saturday was going to be 2.7 meters. And the other app I looked at, which was Willy Weather, was saying it was going to be about 1.6 to 1.8. So that's a huge difference. You know, one is basically undiveable and one is very diveable. And um, it was actually more like the, the 1.6 uh, meters. It, to be honest, it was probably even less it, at some points of the the day. It was lovely on Saturday, and then on Sunday, windy weather was still saying it was going to be. Um, I can't remember two point six something like that. But Willy weather was saying oh, it'll be about two meters. So I thought, okay, two meters is still doable. I'll, so I'll go. And um, it, I would say, it was definitely more than two meters swell on Sunday. So it's just interesting, you know, the one app on the one day was, you know, it, it was less bad than both of them said. And on the next day, it was, you know, less bad than one of them said, but worse than the other one said. So anyway, the, I think the point is that it's good to look at a variety of different weather forecast sources. And, um, you know, as as they say, you you sort of take the average of the forecast or, you know, maybe probability weighted by whoever you think is more uh, more likely to be accurate or whoever's seems to be have the more accurate forecasts. But um, yeah, that, that I guess was my takeaway on that. Anyway, I was also thinking of a couple of topics that I want to talk about on future um, podcasts. And one of them is around diving efficiently. So yeah, that will be the next uh, podcast. But anyway, just thought I would share the last dive and yeah, what, what I noticed and experienced from it and so happy to just get out diving. And this weekend looks fan fantastic. So I am excited to get out again. Okay, take care, everybody. Bye.